Hey, y'all, welcome to 90.9 The Lion, Fight Like a Lion podcast, a podcast to empower the athletic community of Lion Nation. Our goal is that our student athletes will reach their highest potential in competition, in the classroom, and in community. My name is Paige LeBlue, and I'm hosting, um, and I'm really excited. Today, we're going to be talking about relationships and how they impact us um, as individuals, as teammates, and really impact our performance. Today, we have Courtney Williams from the University Counseling Center with us. Courtney is an assistant director of the Counseling Center. She's a licensed professional counselor and a licensed professional marriage and family therapist. So, Courtney, welcome. Thank you. Happy to be here and we have uh, I'm gonna let you guys introduce yourselves because I don't know that I have everyone's last name I got first (laughs) names but I'm gonna let you guys introduce yourselves maybe starting with Michaela all right hey y'all I'm Michaela Robertson and I'm a freshman at Southeastern and I'm on our cheerleading team I'm Ella Quinlan I am also a freshman at Southeastern and I'm a member of the women's soccer team here and my name is Devin Dance I'm also a freshman on the women's soccer team here All right. So today our topic, um, let's just jump right in and talk about, you know, last week we talked about the importance of healthy relationships and how they can just help, you know, how they help us to be our best selves, to be happy and well and and, and good. Today we're going to talk a little bit about unhealthy relationships and what that might look like and how that impacts us. So maybe we'll have Courtney start off and just um, just kind of defining a little bit about what some things that we might look for. in Because I think sometimes when you're in a relationship, you don't realize it's unhealthy. You just think it's kind of it's how it is until people start to point it out to you. And so our goal is that you guys can start to notice red flags in regard to relationships, not Mm -hmm. only for yourselves, but for your teammates and your friends. So, Courtney, could you give us some of those red flags? Sure. I'm so glad you said red flags because I go to TikTok and I think of the guy with the big red flag. (laughs) And I'm like, green flags, red flags. And my job is red flags today. I think the biggest thing, something you mentioned, Paige, that sticks out to me is we are in that little, you know, aquarium of our world and our relationship. And it's kind of like when your friend mentions, hey, I'm a little concerned and we get defensive, right? Like, no, 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 that's not me. That's not us. But then it's kind of like, okay, you got to look at that mirror and think, well, wait a minute, maybe they have a point or maybe, yeah, this person really reminds me of my family and maybe that's not a good thing, you know, because that's the other thing that I think we get caught up in too is we find ourselves in this relationship and it feels very comfortable, but comfortable can mean that this has been a bad thing for me before and I'm just used to it. So I think that's a red flag I really wanted to highlight being the family guru that I am. We get so caught up in our own family patterns that if our parents treated each other a certain way or treated us a certain way, we might still accept that behavior and we can call it abuse. We can call it whatever we want, but we might accept that just because we know it to be normal not necessarily good or healthy. So that's one that I notice a lot with people is it's family behavior that we're kind of repeating and doing again. That's a really great point. Um, Yeah, I'm like numb to it because Mm -hmm. this just feels like this is how, this is all I've ever seen. For sure. Yeah. Okay. So you guys are here today. Y'all volunteered to be here because you kind of raised your hand and said, oh, yeah, I've been in a healthy relationship. So I'm wondering if one of you want to jump in and kind of share a little bit about that with us today. I'll go first. Um, I was in a really toxic relationship last year. Lots of cheating, lots of lack of communication, kind of things like that. And I think that I, in a way, was normalized to it, too, not necessarily through family, but growing up with other girls that were getting cheated on and you kind of are around friends that have gotten cheated on. You're like, oh, well, it can only happen once. And I think that the more that you lean into the, oh, it's fine, I can give them a second chance and it offers up an opportunity to them that makes them think that they can get away with it. And it's the kind of thing that never stops and you can only take so much. So I felt for me personally with like, how often I was being lied to and how often I was being cheated on and things like that, it kind of opened my eyes up to like, I kept going back until I physically and mentally and emotionally couldn't go back anymore. Yeah. Wow. And mm-hmm. and as you're talking and I'm thinking about, I'm hearing like, it just impacted me in every aspect, like physically, emotionally. How did it impact you on the field? 
Um, I was actually playing semi-professional soccer in Spain overseas last year while I was in this relationship, so the distance was certainly a factor. Um, being in a time change also, I was seven hours ahead of back home. Mm -hmm. I had a lot of late nights trying to talk to him, trying to be on the phone with him, and things like that I feel like definitely impacted it because I couldn't lay my head down at night on the pillow, like, knowing that I was secure and I was, like, okay with being in that type of situation. Like, I was so – and I'm not an anxious person whatsoever, and I felt like that was the first time in my life that I had really discovered what, like, anxiety was and how it can affect you and especially in your athletic performance because everything in your life ties into how you perform on the field your sleep your nutrition like personally I wasn't eating enough I wasn't drinking enough water I wasn't sleeping enough and I feel like all of those things had kind of tied into one big like mess of absolutely yes and I love that you're pointing out like you know the idea about sleep and nutrition because those things are all super important so it's not just my ability to concentrate and focus but it's all those other things and you know when you're talking I'm thinking wow that's a that's a cocktail for for injury right Mm -hmm. right if if that goes on long enough so thanks for sharing of course Mm -hmm. who wants to be next I guess I'll go um I volunteered to do it because I was like Dang, you've got plenty of stories to choose from to keep them all entertained. So um, I guess I'll go with the longest one just because some of them were really toxic. But I had people around me that I like seen it and I was like, I'm done. Goodbye. We're good. Like this is over. But like my senior year of high school, it was like through my junior year to my senior year. I was in a year and a half long relationship and it was great when it started super nice, all the things that a girl would look for. My family loved him, my friends loved him, everything. And then all of a sudden there started to be these red flags and I just kind of looked at it with these rose-tinted glasses on. Like, no, you're all lying. Like, you don't know him like I do. He's great. And then it was like little bit by little bit. When it was good, it was great. And when it was bad, it was awful. And it just all kind of like snowballed from there. I started fighting him with him all the time. He would say things that, like, I never thought that he could have said to me about myself, my appearance, my attitude, my family, everything that anybody could imagine he probably said. And he also allowed his friends to say those things about me. And almost two years later, I'm still learning to rewire my brain from the things that he said and the things that he did. And it's been a constant battle since I got to college with my friends and my new boyfriend just encouraging me and reminding me that I'm not the things that he said I was and to make matters worse we were on the same team together after we got together so like we cheered together and that was interesting because when your teammates you're stuck whether the relationship ends or not you're stuck and so I feel like I put up with so much because I was going to be stuck with him anyway and he was going to cheer with my sister the following year and so I just kept putting up with it and putting up with it and putting up with it and when we hit our one-year anniversary he got me a promise ring and that was kind of just all where it like deteriorated because he thought that that meant that we were good that we were forever like there's no getting rid of me now and I was just like you don't know me you you don't know me and so I finally ended it and it was like night and day like I was done and he begged and all those things and he also cheated on me and so I was like no I'm I'm good we are not compatible anymore and the increase in my athletics was exponential and like that sounds crazy because it's like how does one relate to the other but it was like after I stopped letting the fear of him ruining my season control me I grew more in the six months between breaking up with him to trying out for college cheer I was like a completely different cheerleader. I'm still like a completely different cheerleader. So it was just interesting to know that that decision grew my athletic career. Yeah, awesome. Thanks for sharing. You know, Courtney, maybe you want to speak to, because Michaela, you really talked about that impact of, you know, someone saying things about you and allowing other people to kind of like, it tears you down Mm -hmm. and it makes you second guess yourself. It impacts your sense of worth or identity. It definitely Um, does. Yeah. And I hear that, you know, I'm so glad that you're still working on that. Oh, yeah. And you're not going to let that like, And I'm surrounded by people now that 
they don't let that. Like, they see that I start to get down on myself, and they're like, mm-mm, we're not doing that. Stop that right now. This isn't high school anymore. Yeah. And do I'm you like, see that, Courtney, in the counseling center? Do you see that as a pattern? Well, yeah. I mean, in any relationship, obviously, it's never going to be perfect, right? But there should be – I always say there should be fighting in your relationship. If you're not fighting, that's a problem. But it shouldn't be – this, you know, I'm right, you're wrong, all that. It can't be like what you were speaking, what came to my mind was compromise versus sacrifice. Mm-hmm. I don't need to co- sacrifice me to appease you. I can compromise on a few things, like maybe I buy us dinner on Fridays and you buy it on Tuesdays, but you don't need to break me down as a person to make you feel better. That's a one sided relationship. You know what I mean? So I think a lot of people deal with that because when we put, when we choose to be in a relationship with someone, we obviously think it's worth it to spend our time, our energy, our mental, all of that with them. So we put them on a little bit of a pedestal. It's almost impossible, right? Because you start in that lovey-dovey phase. I mean, shoot, I'm married to my high school sweetheart. Like, I was in love with, he was amazing. He's still great, but like, he was, might as well have been a celebrity when I was 17. So we put them on that pedestal to some degree. And then it's hard because then that person who you thought so highly of starts showing you these negative things. And if it's just human stuff, sure. But when it starts to be degrading you, that's a different boundary. And that's just not relational anymore. That's control and power. And that's just not, to me, a relationship is all about as much equity as possible and shared responsibility, not I'm better, you suck. (laughs) That's just not relational. But yeah, we see that. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Devin, your turn. You jump in um, here. I think I have a couple of relationships to pick from, but uh, the most recent relationship that I recently just got out of about two weeks ago um, was with a boy from back home. I am just under 20 hours away from home. I'm actually from Canada. So big, not a big time change difference, just an hour, but the distance is definitely a lot. Um you know, just how every relationship starts, the honeymoon phase, everything's great when you're at home and everything starts up. You know, the I love you start coming out really quick just because you feel so much affection for that person. But right once everything started to become great and you start to actually feel butterflies every time you see that person, I had to move away. Um, And I'm a transfer at SLU. So I originally was at school in Buffalo, which is about two hours from home. Mm -hmm. So I still had a sense of home first semester. So it was nice still being with that person, being in contact with them before we were in a relationship because I could go home and I could see him. I could also see my parents. You know, there was just so much connection to home for me first semester that made me feel more safe in a sense. So now that I'm 19 hours away from home, it is definitely a big adjustment for me, obviously. Um, I came here with a very beautifully set schedule, right? I would, you know, talk on the phone with him, also talk on the phone with my parents, but it was more so me kind of setting my day and my schedule around talking to my ex-boyfriend, right? Um, And it was a lot of you know, just catching up, talking about our day, everything like that, until there started to be big amounts of lying and manipulation that came into play. And it was actually kind of funny because obviously I recently just met Elle and the rest of our teammates. So they don't know a lot about me, but once you start to hear things about the relationship that your friends are in, they immediately see the red flags because they don't, they weren't present for the honeymoon phase. They weren't present for when you first started talking to that person, everything that led up to it, right? So me and Elle have become very good friends since we first moved here. Um, And immediately, every time something went wrong, she would say to me, Dev, what are you doing, right? (laughs) And just like you guys touched on earlier, it's easy to kind of like block out what your friends are saying and just be like, no, just like you said, you Mm -hmm. don't know me, you don't know us. You know, you don't know him. Mm-hmm. Elle has never met him. <laughs> but she I've had w- a couple interactions. <laughs> She's had a couple interactions over the phone. But, um, yeah, I think that was definitely one of the biggest things that I don't regret it coming here, but I definitely sorted my day around him, you know. And I purposely would leave social events early so I could call him and just be like, hey, just so you know, I went home early 
I want you to know that I'm safe. I want, you know, just like always speaking to that person, still doing things from a distance that were for that person. Um, And then over time, things just started to go downhill. Phone calls weren't as great as they were before. There started to be a lot of yelling from his end, you know, just saying things like, you're not worth this, you're not worth that, you're an inconvenience to my time, you are, you know, Mm -hmm. things like that, that just totally, you know, it's crazy that over the phone when those type of conversations were happening, I am a very, very talkative person and I will speak my mind whenever, but I was always just mute. Every time those Mm -hmm. things were being said, every time there was a disagreement and I think that's definitely one of the biggest things that I struggle with in relationships. I have a very easy time just remaining quiet and not speaking my mind. And I think that's definitely one of the biggest things that, like we said before, um, relating things like that to family. I notice whenever either my aunts or uncles, my parents, even my grandparents, every time there's a disagreement, I always notice growing up, there's one person that yells and one person that sits there and listens and doesn't say anything in response, anything like that. So I think that's definitely a habit that I picked up growing Mm -hmm. up, you know, and I think that unfortunately for me, it kind of guides me towards those kind of people. Um, But yeah, you know, it's a situation that's been dealt with, you know, definitely learning from it still. I have my friends here to help support me with all of that. So Yeah, thanks for sharing. You know, you guys can't see, but as she was talking and was talking about him saying, you know, you're not worth, you know, me waiting around, just all this, you know, kind of attacking her sense of worth or, you know, her value to him. Courtney and I looked at each other and it's like, oh, yeah, like that is not (laughs) okay. okay. You know, that's abusive. Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, we train master's level counseling students and sometimes they will sit with someone and, and, uh, you know, as a supervisor, I will say, call it what it is. Don't be afraid to say to someone that's abuse, because I think when you're in it, you're already minimizing it so much that it's helpful to have someone say, whoa, that's not mm-hmm. okay. It sounds mm-hmm. like L was that for you. Yes, like, definitely. That's sounding more that said, whoa, wait a minute, that's mm-hmm. not okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. speaking from experience, it definitely does help to have people be like, he shouldn't be talking to you like that. Or like if it's a guy, like she shouldn't be talking to you like that or just anything like friendships, relationships, all of it. It's just reassuring to hear like you're not crazy. What they're doing is wrong. Even if it hurts in the moment and you're like, you you don't know anything. Like you don't know what you're talking about. It's refreshing because then when you're alone and you're in your thoughts, you're like, okay, I wasn't imagining that. And so I think you're right. I think it's just... Even when people are afraid to call it what it is, I think it's helpful to call it what it is, even if the person hearing it doesn't see it at the time. Right. Yeah. It's almost like a sense of like tough love. Like yes. I don't want to look at Dev and tell her, he's not treating you right, and like see Dev get emotional and see how that affects her. But her talking about coming home early from social events and stuff, like I've witnessed firsthand, we go out to dinner with the team, and she's arguing with him, and her whole demeanor changes. It's like you can be two different people depending on what your relationships are outside of the event that you're at. And I feel like if you're with someone who betters you as a person, you don't have a flip switch like that. Because even if you are in an argument, you're still secure enough to know this isn't threatening me. This isn't threatening him. This is not threatening our relationship. It's just a bump in the road. But the problem is, is that she knew what was on the line and she was getting demeaned and she was getting told that she wasn't worth it or she was an inconvenience of time. And when you spend, when you spend as much time around her as I have, you can really see how bright, how much brighter she is now, right? She was stuck in that space for a little bit where she had to get over it and feel better. But her now, when we go out and do things with the team versus before, where she would have such a demeanor about her that could just change instantly mm-hmm. if something bad was going on, it was kind of hard to see, like, as a good friend of hers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks for sharing. That's that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And um, such a good friend that you would speak up and say something, right? And I think that's, you know, one of the benefits of having teammates, 
because you know you guys spend a lot of time with each other you care about each other Um, and so you do kind of have that which in someone who doesn't have that support built-in support system Mm -hmm. may not have that um, you know those voices around them to kind of reflect hey wait a minute what's going Mm on Courtney could you maybe talk about just some of the you know, when you look at getting into a relationship mm-hmm. or like what are some of the things that folks should like look for mm-hmm. and what are some things that people should be like, oh, wait, like this should be something that would be a warning sign. Mm-hmm. Again, back to that red flag. I think something that people don't mean to get into, but they end up into when they're looking at a potential partner is you get in that role of oh, I'm going to help them be a better person. And like nobody Mm -hmm. means to get, well, most people don't mean to get there. But I had someone tell me like, you need to find someone who is of the same caliber as you or just has the same goals. Like y'all can both be a mess in progress. That's okay. But we need to be looking for someone who's either achieving at the same level as us. And I don't mean that just academically or athletic wise, just in life. Like, yeah, I want to get my own house. I want to travel or I want to do this. Whatever those goals are, they don't have to be perfectly the same, but they should be close. Mm -hmm. Because once you get in that relationship, your value system, your beliefs about life, those will tend to mesh a little more because you're pursuing the same life in a sense I think that's a big one that people find themselves well I can get them there I'll be the yeah they had all these exes I got this it's like honey no you don't (laughs) I mean sure you're great but that's a lot and that goes back to that one-sided like now you're the one doing all the work and there's not to say there's not sacrifice in relationship if a partner falls ill obviously you're going to pick up the 75 percent of the relationship but it should not be an always or an expectation to carry it i think that's a big one that people accidentally find themselves in when they're looking for a partner but i think you should look for qualities in a partner that uplift you too and that might sound selfish but it's it's really not because you're going to need that person to build you up in times when you're down so you just you want someone it's funny because opposites attract yes but also like similar works too so you never really know until you're in it Mm -hmm. because you could be the most introverted person ever and your partner's very extroverted and that could work great but sometimes it doesn't so I think just being open and really working on knowing yourself and your identity and doing your own personal work, whether it's counseling, whether it's spirituality, whatever that exploration needs to be, if you're really looking for a long-term partner, you got to know you and your own family stuff. I mean, I'm a family therapist. We talk about that all the time. I'll have couples on my couch. Well, how did your family handle arguments? Well, how did yours? And it's usually the Mm -hmm. loud one and the quiet one. And I'm like, okay, we got to even out the playing field a little bit. And it's all about empowerment too. You should be empowering yourself and that person should be empowering you and vice versa. Right. And touching on Courtney talking about the whole find someone that betters who you are Mm -hmm. as a person. I've thought of a certain moment the second that she said that I was in the car with my dad, I had just gotten home from Spain and I was kind of telling him like, I don't know if this relationship is for me. Like we're great right now, but it's kind of rough. And he looked at me and he said, Ella, when you hop in a relationship with someone or you are with someone, the question that you have to ask yourself is, are they making me a better person? Mm -hmm. And that was about two months before I even broke up with him. But I feel like the end all be all was over those two months, for some reason, I could not get that out of my head. Like anytime something bad would happen or I would look down on myself, I thought back to that moment of my own father telling me, if someone does not make you a better person, they should not be in your life. Yeah, words of wisdom. Mm -hmm. My mom used to say something similar when I was going through it with the year and a half relationship. Like I would be telling her things, but like not everything. I would give her like bits and pieces just because I didn't want to like ruin everything if I did work things out with him but it was like the farther it got and the worse it got the more I would start to give her and the advice that my mom gave me was similar to your dad's it was like does he make you better does he make you happy and when I couldn't answer that anymore at the end of our relationship my mom's exact words and they've stuck with me through everything after friendships relationships everything you'll know when you know And she was like, I can tell you that you should leave him, Mm -hmm. but you're not going to listen to me until you're ready. She was like, ask yourself, do the pros outweigh the cons? 
because when you got together, they did, and that's why you got into a relationship with him. But if the pros stop outweighing the cons, that's when it's time to step away before you lose a piece of yourself. And that has stuck with me forever because my mom is my best friend and she gives it to me straight no matter what, even when it hurts, <laughs> even when I don't want to hear it, she will give it to me straight. But at the end of the day, I know that she's my biggest supporter. And that advice was what ultimately gave me the confidence to just say, like, we got into a big fight and he was like, are you breaking up with me? And I was like, you know, I wasn't. But now that you mention it, <laughs> I absolutely am. You can come get the ring back tomorrow. All right. Goodness. So, you know, I think you touched on something about like losing a piece of yourself. And and if we find ourselves in a really abusive, no, you know, there are toxic relationships and there are really abusive relationships. We find ourselves in an abusive relationship, no matter how great our self-esteem was before, it can mm-hmm. chip away at your sense of self Absolutely. and at your self-worth. And so... Um, and that that just it happens mm-hmm. without you realizing it. And then it can be harder to get away from from a relationship like that. So maybe maybe Courtney, I was already going to yeah. talk. I was and gonna and talk. maybe like talk about that cycle, because I think people, you know, yes. you had kind of mentioned a honeymoon phase yes. earlier. Like talk about the cycle of abuse, because I see this pattern and not everyone is aware of it. But it's just, I think, super important for, for sure. people to kind of look at that and be aware And I think, too, to add to what you said is it happens like inch by inch. It doesn't usually it doesn't just happen like, wham, we're here. Mm -hmm. It's like a creeping of, you know what? I don't want you to go to that party, that control. Right. So with an abusive partner, typically um, it's it's about power and control almost always, whether that's their own family of origin stuff or some type of disorder that they have or whatever it is. And it starts with oh, I'm so charming. I'm so la-la-la, like, come be with me. And, like, that's how most relationships are. Like, we're so charmed, right? But this person is just so debonair that you just have to have them, and they're very appealing in the community, and people like them and all of that. So that kind of happens, right? And I'm cheating on this little sheet, but I feel like I know what I'm – yeah, yeah, okay. (laughs) I was going in the right direction. Um, I haven't looked at this since, like, grad school. But basically, that honeymoon phase turns into like a few little, okay, you can't go to that party. Okay, I don't want you wearing those clothes. Okay, we're not friends with them anymore. Okay, I'm checking your phone. Like it, and that seems drastic, but it creeps and it creeps. Mm-hmm. And then it gets to this big explosion, whether that's violence, whether it's just intense control, um, maybe it's threatening their own safety. Gosh, we get that at the counseling center. And that is very hard to walk someone through when that person threatens safety on themselves if you don't do what they want. You know what I mean? Which is emotional blackmail. It is. And it's so abusive. abusive. And so traumatic for that person who's witnessing it because you feel so conflicted, right? Well, I'm supposed to help them, but my goodness, they're doing this to me out of control. So that's a whole other podcast. But it's that big whatever. And a lot of times it is violence. And some violence is much more scary than others. So that happens, right? So just when you think, okay, I know this is bad. I should, I should do, I should maybe leave. Honeymoon comes back. Charming, charming. Oh, I'm I'm so so sorry, sorry. baby. I love you. Please, I messed up. I won't do, and I I sound like I'm joking. This is really how it goes, and they're nodding at me right now. We're not laughing because it's a joke. And it repeats at different levels. It repeats at higher levels. It repeats at smaller levels. It can go a little faster. Um, sometimes it can skip, but typically that's how it goes. And that's why people will always say, well, why doesn't she just leave? Why doesn't he just dump her? It's not that easy. And depending on the level of investment you have in that relationship, maybe they're your high school sweetheart. Maybe they've known your family for years. Maybe there's something else and you just you feel like you can't. And that's real. And people think that that person's weak or whatever. No, they're scared out of their mind and they're stuck yeah they're stuck on that wheel like to add to the honeymoon phase thing it's like as soon as that honeymoon phase comes back you feel crazy you do like you know when you're in it that like this isn't right they shouldn't treat me like this but the second that you're about to say enough is enough they're like 
I didn't mean it. Please forgive me. That's not how I meant for it to come across. And then the honeymoon phase comes back and they're doing all these things and they're saying all the right things and doing all the right things that you asked for and that you begged for. And then you're like, well, I can't leave because they're doing right. Because now I'm the crazy one. And then a month goes Uh by. For me, it wasn't even a month. I'd get like a good couple (laughs) weeks and then it would be the next insult. Like the man insulted everything from my hairline to the way that my body looked in certain Mm -mm. clothes. Like, Mm -mm. but then it was like, it was like a switch. He would snap Mm -hmm. and it would be, you're so beautiful. I love you so much. I couldn't imagine my life without you. He threatened harm to himself one time when he thought I was breaking up with Mm -hmm. him. And being on the team with him, I was like, stuck because it's like well if I leave him now that we're back in this honeymoon phase I'm gonna be the awful person and the rest of my season's gonna be miserable and you don't get to steal my senior year from me I felt safer staying with him and putting up with it because I knew that at the end of the day I could build my self-esteem back up but I couldn't get my senior year of cheer back Wow. And he knew that, and wow. he played on that. Right. But that yeah. goes to show you what's at stake, I mean, for y'all specifically with your athletic career because you can't – I mean, that's that's your livelihood, right? Like mm-hmm. right now in this moment, that Absolutely. is you. It's your identity. And that's the abusive part, right? It's like some part of him knew mm-hmm. – I don't know what part, but some part of him knew that and could use that as a power play. And you – it gave you more power to not let go of that, even though it made you powerless in other ways. But people outside looking in would be like, why doesn't Michaela just leave? She could, but it's so much more complicated than that. It was also crazy because, like, from the outside, like, my close people knew, but, like, from the Mm -hmm. outside, nobody was thinking that because he made it look like he was so great. And then when I would blow up, it was, why would Michaela treat him like that? Like, why would Michaela do that? He didn't deserve that. And to add on to the cheer part, I didn't make my high school team my freshman year. And so I had to, like, overdrive to even Mm -hmm. make the team and then to stay on the team because I came from a small town. And so it was harder when you didn't have money or you didn't know the right Mm -hmm. people. And so that was my everything. I knew that I wanted to cheer in college, and I knew realistically that I could do it without a high school team. But... Ever since I was a little girl, that was all I wanted to be. That was all I wanted to do. And everyone in that town knew that and knew that I was going to stop at nothing to protect what I had finally earned. Right. And like on the topic of protecting things, I feel like when I was in situations where people were outsiders looking in being like, oh, my gosh, Mm -hmm. you've been cheated on three times. Why don't you just leave? Why would you want to do that? It backs you into a corner where the people that are closest to you, you want to hide those things from. Absolutely. Like, I found myself so much, like, my very best friend in the whole wide world. I was, I got home from Spain and I found out for the third time that he had cheated on me. I didn't even tell her. Like, I kept that secret with me because I knew that I would have to face the repercussions of the people that cared about me. And I think that when we had found out that Dev had gotten cheated on, I made it my main priority to not be like, oh my gosh, Devin, you're so stupid. Because I don't want to put Devin in a position where she feels like she can't talk to me about it. Mm-hmm. And it, it had nothing to do with my friends. It wasn't their fault. They did it out of the kindness and their love for me. But being in that position, knowing how hard it is to speak to someone that cares about you, about someone else treating you that poorly, and then being like, I can't believe you're doing this. Why are you staying? And then it puts you in a position where you just don't feel comfortable Mm -hmm. to talk to them about it anymore. And then you're stuck with that person anyway because you weren't ready to leave. And then when you finally are, you have no one in your corner because they blamed you for not leaving sooner. Well, and when you hold things in, that's that just creates more of that heaviness and that, you know, as you turn more and more inward and that's where people can become depressed, mm-hmm. you know, but it just becomes a big thing. Right. I mean, this is such an, um, y'all have been so great. I mean, we're just like <laughs> rolling with this. Um, I, I want to kind of touch on just a few things that I think um, that we haven't touched on yet that are important. And one of them is this little thing right here. <laughs> um, this little, I'm holding oh, up a yeah. cell phone, folks. <laughs> but like you guys are attached 
so quick, so fast. I think intensity and speed at which you jump into relationship is really like different than back in the day when I was growing up. And we didn't have cell phones, y'all. But it it makes a big difference because that when you look at speed of, Mm -hmm. you know, getting into an intensity, that can be a red flag. Right. And so slowly getting to know one another, be friends. Um, If it becomes sexual really, really fast, that's a red flag. Right. So there are lots of because it skews your ability to really think in your judgment. Um, So talk a little bit about just like your generation and what you've noticed in regard to that constant connection that you have because of your phones and your devices. Well, I think that one of the biggest things that affects our generation is apps like Instagram, Snapchat, even like Tinder, mm-hmm. just yes. all these things like that, like sliding into people's DMs, mm-hmm. swiping right, swiping left, mm-hmm. you know, adding people on Snapchat. You so easily can manipulate yourself into thinking that over the phone, having simple, very simple conversations, getting a snap of what their face looks like, little things like that, you can so easily just become attached to like waiting for a notification from that person Mm -hmm. on your phone you know it's like oh my gosh I've seen this guy twice in my life I can't Mm -hmm. wait to get a text message from him I can't wait for him to compliment my Mm -hmm. outfit of the photo that I sent to him you know just like little things like that I think that you gain a very you you unintentionally gain a grasp of like this is you imagine that person to be someone that they are over text and I think that that is definitely something that ruins our perspective of people because over text people can easily hide personality traits of theirs and they can easily just show you the good side of them and only talk to you when they're in a good mood and only do this and that right Mm -hmm. but then you get to the point where you think that you know them enough and then you decide to meet with them in person and you meet them one, they could be a complete catfish. Mm-hmm. It could be someone that, you know, mm-hmm. like you could yes. go on a, a blind date, basically a blind date, because you've only ever talked to that person over social media. You meet them in person, and there's been situations where you get sexually trafficked, you get, you know, assaulted, whatever. Just things like that. I think that social media definitely puts a front on people, and it ruins our perspective of what individuals actually are like. Wow, you just touched on a really big thing. And, you know, we'll we'll talk more about that certainly in the future, but that, you know, just safety Mm -hmm. when it comes to only knowing someone through social media. And yes, I mean, Courtney can attest that, you know, as counselors, we see those folks that end up in our office that that it can be dangerous Mm -hmm. and assault Mm -hmm. can happen. Um, just because you're trusting someone like they're just what you said, there's attachment and it's like they're this trusted individual, Quickly. but they're really not because yeah. you're not getting the whole person. So mm-hmm. thank it's just you. over a screen. Yeah, right. just bringing that up. That's great. And with like you talking about the difference in speeds of mm-hmm. like jumping into relationships, mm-hmm. I yeah. feel that our generation has such an obligation to jump into these relationships because people now have short attention spans Mm -hmm. and we're on social media all the time. And the guy that you might really like might be scrolling through Instagram and Mm -hmm. all of a sudden sees someone who who he's more attracted to than you are. And like, and then you lose him. And it's kind of that cycle where it's like, I want to date this person so we can be locked down. and I don't have to worry about him going anywhere. And I think that in terms of that, like, scroll like I know for us like it's hard not to want to jump into such a big commitment because we don't want the person that we want to be taken from us by another girl they see on social media or a mutual friend you might have on Snapchat and like things like that. Yeah, it spoken, has, it adds spoken a lot like of a competitive athlete, right? Commitment to like I feel like with cell phones and like social media and everything with technology nowadays, it can be a good thing, but it can also be a bad thing. Um, Like you have so much more opportunities to communicate with someone, whereas you didn't have that when say like our grandparents were growing up, like you didn't have, not, I don't feel like you're old enough to even say that you like, I don't know. But anyway, like 
This is speaking on a different relationship that I went through, and it's just a really good example of what I mean. Um, in a time where we didn't have cell phones, like, you couldn't have communication with me 100% of the time. Like, if we were to go on a date, you would drop me off, and, like, that would be it for the rest of the night, mm-hmm. and there was nothing that you could do to change that. But now cell phones come into the picture, and when I was in high school, I had this boyfriend. He was a lot older than me, but that's an issue for a different day. And he, not a lot older, but, like, old enough that I had no business being with him. Right. Mm-hmm. And with cell phones, you have access to communicate with me all the time. And so, like, I got stuck in this cycle where he would be talking to me all the time, 100% of the time, no exceptions to it. And, like, I would be trying to do things with my friends. I would be trying to go out with my friends to, like, just go to the mall or something like that, just something minuscule. And I would be getting calls. I would be getting text messages. I would wake up from dead sleeps afraid that I missed a phone call from him. And when I did miss a phone call, it would be phone call upon phone call with text message upon text message, angry with me for falling asleep. And it's like, you have to like, you have to be able to find that happy medium because like that's one end of it. But then at the same time, it's, it's a good thing when you're in the right relationship to be able to talk to someone because like something crazy could happen to you and you could just shoot a text like, oh my goodness, guess what just happened? Like, mm-hmm. ha ha ha. Right. And it's like, so it's a good thing, but it's also a bad thing. And that touches yeah. on like the seeing the red flags ahead of time because I was young, I was dumb. I could have <laughs> caught it. Everyone told me I could have caught it, but 14 years old thought you knew best. Yeah, and I was but like, no. This, you know, you bring up another, I, that's, that's a really good point though, regarding boundaries mm-hmm. and respect. And I think that technology does kind of like you have to bring that like, hey, where are my boundaries? Mm-hmm. Where, where, you know, where, you know, are you respecting my needs? Like, yes. I, you like I need to sleep. That's important. Like, right. Up front um, and like clear cut. And like yeah. these are not negotiables. Yes. Well, and, and the phones create an unrealistic expectation in some ways, because not only is it, oh, well, did that girl get more likes than me on her post? I don't know. That's mm-hmm. silly. But no, that, that is and, that's totally the that's texting totally all night like if you really expect me to respond to you like that could be borderline abusive because you need me all times all hours of the day then you're not sleeping then how can you perform how can you just be a human i feel like the expectations with the phones because i'm the kid who we got internet when we were kids right mm-hmm. so then that just changed everything and then i didn't get a phone until was 14 but all I could do was text on it so and you had to pay for each text message so that was a whole different deal but just like I feel like as we move fast as technology moves faster and faster and faster the expectation is faster 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 for everything else with relationships like you said Paige like getting um in a relationship faster and just these expectations of well you should always be available to me yeah that's borderline control you know that constant connection and I think that we need to know that it's not healthy to be constantly connected, no, absolutely you know, not. and so there's where trust and some other things come in and just mm-hmm. knowing what's healthy and what's not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, you need to spend time with other people, not just mm-hmm. your person. And with yourself. Yeah. Right. And yeah, absolutely. And just some me time. <laughs> me time is great, too. Why don't go to dance class? <laughs> Let's touch on one, you know, I was kind of looking at the, we had um, like a list of like seeing warning signs in relationships. I know, I kind of know the list in my head. Mm -hmm. One of the others had to do with like, you know, it's hard to be in a healthy relationship with someone who has substance use issues, right, or dependency. And so if someone is an alcoholic or drug addict, or they're, you know, they're just doing a lot of substances you cannot truly have an intimate relationship with them and so um that's a red flag it is because they're already in an intimate relationship with their drug of choice because it's impossible to not be and addiction is the disease of the mind and they are truly attached like intimately attached to that substance for functioning reasons when somebody's using alcohol in access their body needs it to just function if they don't drink they could become very ill so that would be the same as someone with a gambling addiction they're too busy focusing on that right they are in an intimate relationship with that item process whatever it may be there's no room for anything else yeah okay you bring that up process <laughs> it brings my mind to so is someone looking at porn a lot right when they're when you're in relationship with them or looking at other 
even other people, because now you can do that on social media. It's not particularly called porn, it's but it hard. is. All it is. Call it what it is. Absolutely. Right? Is that cheating? Yes. Well, in in certain situations, yes. Like I feel like my problem with it was after I got cheated on the first time, like the girl that he cheated on me with had no idea, so I don't have a problem with her at all. But um, I think that it was difficult for me because I'd go on her Instagram and I'd think, oh, well, how many of her photos has he liked in the past? And was this premeditated or like, yeah, like <laughs> looking, you start to get so obsessive, right? And I think that that is where, obviously I'm an athlete. I'm five foot 10. I'm not the smallest human ever. And I think that seeing some of these girls, especially the first girl that he had cheated on me with, I was so obsessed with looking like her after that. And that's where I had developed an eating disorder. I was passing out at practices because I wasn't eating enough. Wow. And there's things like that where it's like very eye-opening. And then you come back to like, so how does that affect performance? Right. Wow. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just going to weigh in as a therapist. Yeah. Looking at somebody's naked Instagram pictures, that's cheating. Emotional cheating. Right. Absolutely. Right. Because, you know, if you're going to if you love someone, you're going to protect them. You're going to protect their heart. You're going to, you know. And so that's part of being faithful. Right. Courtney, you can jump in. It really I'm going to give you the millennial answer it really depends it depends on the relationship but communication is key openness and honesty is key and both people have to feel comfortable enough if one person's okay with it and one person's not the person who's not has to be comfortable enough to say i'm not and sometimes in relationships that's the problem is for that person it is cheating and for the other person it's not but that person's too scared to say no i'm not okay with that and then that is a huge problem so i mean my answer is it depends it's communication it's is communication. what i'm hearing yeah. i was and, gonna yeah. say that i was gonna yeah. say like maybe it was a hot take but like i feel like there's kind of like a difference in like the different levels of like it depends on what you're looking at it depends on who you're looking at like I mean, like, if it's someone that we know that's, like, in our life, like, that's one thing. But, like, if it's something that's, like, if it's someone that's just, like, a random girl, random person. Right. Or like secretive. It video. depends. Is it yeah, secretive? Yeah, so, like, don't be like, secretive that's the about difference. it. Like, just that's don't true, lie sure. about it. Yeah, yeah. As long as you're not lying about it and it's not someone that, like, we know and is, like, in our everyday life, like. It depends. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. like, it just depends mm-hmm. on the situation. Like, yeah. I'm not going to stop you as long as you're honest. It's not someone we know. And you're like communicating mm-hmm. until it until it becomes uh, I'm choosing this. Yes, because absolutely. it's my first love. It's my addiction mm-hmm. over you and or and secretive. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. And so that's where it just becomes such a sticky, mm-hmm. messy situation. Yes. You have yeah. to find so, that like happy medium where mm-hmm. like you're being honest and you're yeah. not lying, but you're also not like putting it above the person that you're with. Very good. Um, just a couple more things I know because I'm getting kind of the eye. I mean, we're probably getting close to time. This has been so great because you guys have really been interacting. You know, looking at um, if somebody's cutting you away from like, you know, trying to get you to, to no longer spend time with friends or family. That's a red flag. Huge. So they're kind Absolutely. of monopolizing your time. You just, you you know, and it, se- it can seem like it's just so sweet. They want to be with me all the time. But really, it's like you start to not have relationship with anyone other than them. Yeah, you have to see it from the big picture. Yeah, they're destroying yeah. your way to get out if you finally do decide mm-hmm. to. Yeah, they're backing you into that corner. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's a red flag. And I feel like, especially when you don't trust someone, like if there's a reason that the trust in the relationship isn't broken, yeah. that you can turn into that person. Yes. You can yes. be Very the person yes. that is like... I want to spend all my time with you because you're scared that if you leave them alone for five minutes, that something terrible is going to happen. Yes. Because yes. Wow. I feel like I de- had developed that. Like, yeah. I want to text you every hour of the day. I want to call you every hour of the day because I was so deathly scared. If he goes to a party and he doesn't text me every five minutes, that he's going to cheat on me or he's going to do something that he's that I would that would crush me. Right. And wow. How that's torment. That was my biggest internal struggle because the year and a half relationship, I never was able to prove it. But like all the people that talked and stuff. And I just I know in my gut that I got cheated on. Just I didn't have proof. So I couldn't Mm -hmm. leave until I finally was just like, I'm done. But that was like a constant struggle with myself was like 
not letting myself get to that level because I would step back and I would be like, it's not worth it. Like, they're going to cheat on you anyway. So do you want to look crazy? Like, not crazy because I don't think it's crazy to not want to get cheated on. But, like, do you want to torment yourself? Do you want to torment yourself and let it eat you up to be overbearing and be overprotective and demand all their time when they're going to do it anyway? Because... Mm -hmm. I've had relationships where they were overbearing and stuff and all that, and I was with them every waking second of the day, and they still cheated. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of look at it from, like, I got cheated on in the year-and-a-half relationship, but at the end of the day, I kept my peace with it. Like, I didn't alter my character. I didn't alter who I was as a Mm -hmm. girlfriend. And when I did finally end it, that just, like, that gave me so much peace knowing that, yeah, you might have gotten cheated on, but, like, you've gotten cheated on before and you spent every waking second with them. So, like, what does it matter? Right. You're going to find someone that you don't have to spend every waking second with, and they're not going to cheat on you because people like that exist, and you're going to know when you find them. That I was love another that. thing my mom said. I love that. I love that little message of hope, right? Mm-hmm. That people like that do exist. <laughs> they do. And, like, I my mom to told that. me that. My mom told me that when I met firsthand. My mom told me that when I met my current boyfriend, like he was my best friend, and I was so scared. I was like, "Well, what if he's like everybody else? Like, Mm. what if I'm going to get hurt again, and then I'm just going to lose my friend in the process?" And another thing, my mom said, because she's the smartest person that I know, "You're going to know when you know." And a couple weeks in, we were still friends. We were still talking, and I realized that I did know. Like, you're someone that I want to spend time with. You're someone that I could see hanging out with and he has never expected me to give up my time with my friends he has never expected me to give up my time with my family he encourages me to do those things and that's all so new to me that sometimes I step back and I'm like you're an alien and he's like no I'm not I'm just a good person and I'm like weird but okay and so I think back to what my mom said about that and you said you needed to hear it so you'll meet someone and they'll be your best friend and then you'll know when you know and I think that that's really important when you're talking about like getting out of unhealthy relationships and dealing with toxicity and sometimes abuse. Like, that doesn't have to be it. Mm -hmm. That doesn't have to be the all you know, because that was all I knew in high school. It was toxic relationship after toxic relationship, some of them bordering abuse. And I never thought that I was going to get out of that. I decided I was going to be the single one forever that adopted a kid and just worked my happy little butt as a lawyer for the rest of my life. (laughs) And now, no matter what happens with me and my current boyfriend, I know that we're both mature enough that... If we're not meant for each other, we'll walk away, but we don't have to hurt each other in the process. Beautiful. All right. This has been a great conversation. I want to maybe wrap up on that Mm -hmm. positive note. Um, Courtney, do you have any parting, like, words of wisdom? I mean, I just – this is great. (laughs) I feel like everybody had such words of wisdom, but I think just remembering who you are and – A relationship should only add to you. It should not take away. Now, it can change you. I mean, I've just self-disclosure. I've become a wife, a mother. I mean, a professional like that has changed me, but for the better Mm -hmm. in advancement. Nothing has been taken some time and sleep. That's about it. (laughs) But I mean, it's it should add. It should build. It should not take from you. Otherwise, it would not be called a relationship. I don't know what it would be, but it wouldn't be that. Right. So love, just remember you. Love yes. should not hurt. No. Right? Love's, no. not, love's not supposed to hurt. It can be hard, but not it shouldn't be pain. To, yeah. No. It's not supposed to, like, be torment. It's no, supposed to absolutely. really be. You should have peace mm-hmm. in your mind, in your heart about that person. Yes. And, yeah, a sense of mm-hmm. security. That's right. So, yeah, that person should make you feel secure mm-hmm. regarding the relationship. Mm-hmm. All right, y'all, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having us. All right, line up, Lion Nation, and we'll be back with you next week. Thank you.